have dared to explore. Two men set out on an epic journey to answer life's manliest questions. From the Fortress of Smoothitude in Lawrence, Kansas, it's The Gentleman Podcast with Glenn Stansberry and Brian McKinney. Welcome to the Gentleman Podcast. I am Brian McKinney. I'm seated to the left of the fascinating Glenn Stansberry. Wow, fascinating. What, uh, what do you find fascinating about me, Brian? <sighs> well, Glenn, I didn't want to say this, but, you know, after last episode, we got some complaints. People were, they rushed to your aid for, mm. uh, you know, I described you as freaky deaky. And I don't think people were very happy about that, but we received some some rather not uh, pleasant emails about that situation, and so I decided, you know, mm-hmm. that was that might have been a little bit off color of me yeah. to do. So I decided, you know, I should try to paint you in a more positive light. That, well, thank you, Brian. And so um, I decided that I would go back to the drawing board and really try to honestly depict you in words much like you know uh leonardo da vinci or something would depict somebody but instead of paint i'm using words wow you're using one word yeah very poignant yeah well played i'm making a collage of of words to describe (laughs) you with an artist's eye oh thank you well that's you said it that makes me kind of like mona lisa yeah basically yeah you're, you're like smile yeah. <laughs> the Mona Lisa. <laughs> um, yeah, absolutely. That's a good way to think about it, Glenn. It's a, it's a good way to think about it because the Mona Lisa is fascinating. Well, yeah, and so is a site called gentleman.com. Mm. Gentleman.com is a fascinating site that Glenn and I happen to be proprietors of. Uh, it will paint you a picture that you're going to love, mm. and the picture involves interesting facts. Interesting ideas, things to learn, things to laugh about, things to cry about, um, things to make your life better, things that make your uh, things that enrich your life, things that make your day just a little bit brighter. That's right. Uh, that's what gentleman.com is, and uh, you should stop by there and check it out mm. uh, when you got some time. And when you do, you're going to be intrigued. Let me tell you, they're going to be so intrigued by this site that you're going to say, you know what I want to do next? I want to listen to the Gentleman Podcast. Mm. And not just one episode, because I know you're listening to it now because you just went to the Gentleman. Mm-hmm. Um, but the entire shebang. Whole kit and caboodle. I'm talking about 133 previous episodes of the Gentleman Podcast. And who can blame you? Mm-mm. They're intriguing. <clears throat> and there's backstories and sequels and prequels. There's things that in there that you would never imagine. Uh, and so once you do that, once you get through all the 133 previous episodes and you've listened to this episode... Uh, one more thing you could probably do, which you're going to want to do, which you're going to be desperate to do, is to get in touch with me and Glenn, because <laughs> God bless us, you're going to have questions. Mm. You're going to have concerns. You're going to have complaints. We know. We've been through it a million times. We've been there. Uh, so you can get in touch with us. That's the good news. And we're going to tell you how to do that. Uh, the best way to get in touch with us is to take out a piece of parchment paper. Take out your quill, some ink, 
and draft a letter over to me and Glenn at the Gentleman Mailbag, P.O. Box 442-305, Lawrence, Kansas, 6644. We will get your letter. We will put it up on the Hall slash Wall of Fame, which we know and love as the Wall of Fame. We will talk about it on the Gentleman Podcast. We'll think about it. We'll really seriously consider what you have to say to us. And then we may send you something back in return. It's a big if. It's a big <laughs> Yeah, I think you'll probably get something back. The if is what what the what object is. Get? Depends on the tenor of your letter. Let me tell you. We will adhere to postal regulations. Postal regulations. There's no body the, fluids. The or... purity law of the 1600s. <laughs> and we'll get you something back in, in the in the mail uh, for sending us a considerate, well thought out letter mm-hmm. or package. Depending, you know, on the situation. If, if that doesn't work out, though, you can get in touch with us with he, uh, howdy at gentleman.com with email. Uh, you can also go to Hot or Not, Chidio, uh, all the big social networks these days. GeoCities. GeoCities. We just put up a new website on GeoCities. Uh, AOL. Uh, we MySpace. Have, yeah, we have a keyword. Um, and you can get in touch with us at those places, too. Um, so anyway, that's how you get in touch with us. <laughs> <laughs> Um, but <laughs> that's neither here nor there, Glenn. Mm. What is here and there and everywhere and now is the media episode, which is the drink of the week this week. Brian, I'm very excited. I'm very excited about this week's beer. Um, it is from a, a brewery that is just down the street from us, about an, about mm, 45 minutes away. Yeah, in uh, Kansas City, Missouri, and it is <clears throat> Boulevard, and they have a spring. Mexican style lager called yeah. Vamos. It's a good name. It's a good name. Uh, and I'm excited to try it. It was $8.99 at the store. Okay, so, so just, pretty. That's that's pretty straight up. Yeah, yeah. Um, it's got aromas of honey and toasted malt with a slightly gassy, no grassy, <laughs> floral citrus notes provided by German Hallertau Blanc hops. Hallertau Blancs. Yep. Yeah, that's so, nice. So you're gonna get crisp. Subtly sweet with just enough hop bitterness for balance. And I'd like to tell you a little bit, Brian. Um, the website for Boulevard gives us some food pairings. Oh, okay, good. Yeah. That's um, good. For this Vamos. Let me cook this up. Yeah. Mexican style lager. Yeah. Okay. Batting leadoff, we have baseball helmet nachos. Okay. Street tacos. Okay. Hamburguesas. Okay. Hot dogs. Okay. Peanuts and cracker jacks. Okay. Give you seen a ba- pattern here? Give me about five hours <laughs> and I'll be back. And we can, we can pair this food <laughs> with the beer. Yes. This is a seasonal beer. Um, I was at the, at the liquor store, and uh, it's gotten some rave reviews. Really? So it's meant to be – it's got a Royals, you know, Kansas City Royals, ball, their ballpark beer. Boulevard is the official sponsor of the oh, Royals. Yeah. So this is kind of yeah. like their – When is you their, go to a Royals game, yep. you can get a Boulevard. And, yeah. this, this is their – this is their uh, – I, I don't know what you call it. Seasonal – Ballpark beer. Okay. So cool. I'm excited to try it. Oh, do, you, do they have an IBU count on this? IBUs is 20. 20. Okay. The alcohol by volume is 5.2. Okay. And the color <clears throat> is 12 EBC. Oh, 12 EBC. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. That's interesting. Mm-hmm. Interesting. So direction. that should be okay. that should be quite a yeah. you know change up for us. Okay. So change here. up. Let me. <laughs> all right, Ryan. Well, uh, knuckleball, if you will. <laughs> yeah. I get beer all over here. Okay. Oh, and I'm gonna do this right here. Maybe without. Why? Why is this not coming off? Hmm. 
smarter than the beer. Okay. Brian. Cheers. Cheers, buddy. It's like if you could take an apple and bottle an apple. It's good. I I agree. I agree. It's 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 crisp. Mm. It's got a it kind of <clears throat> hits you hard with the you know there's something there's a little bit to it, you know. Yeah, it's yeah, it's like sweet in the front and then at the end you got a little geek, 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 yeah. and a little little bit of yeah. cracker jack at the end there. Yeah. Um, a little pine tar if you will. Mm. I could definitely see being in a ball game. Yeah. Sixth inning. Go get a 24 ounce with these. <laughs> with a the beer the beer helmet. Beer helmet nachos. <laughs> get hit in the face with a pack of peanuts. Get as I almost I almost did once. Really? Yeah. I didn't I didn't know they try to take your head off with the peanut bags when you when you order them. They gotta get it there. Get yeah. your glove up, Brian. They yeah. They had Nolan Ryan on the peanuts <laughs> when they were when I, when I when I ordered mine, I uh, oh. thankfully I survived, but it mm. was only due to my cat-like reflexes. Mm. Um. Anyway, Glenn. Okay. Well, it, uh, let's that aside. Let's talk about the rating that you'd put on this beer. Um. Let's say, in a crazy world, you had some kind of a rating that you'd put on a beer, and people would care about it. Like on a scale of one to ten. Yeah, from one to ten, you know. 10 being the highest and 1 being the lowest. I really like this beer. I can drink a whole sixer of it, I think, at a time. It's just an easy drinking beer. Mm. I, th- I, I I think if I just had to throw an arbitrary number out there, I'd give it an 8.6. 8.6, that's pretty good. Yeah, I, okay. I'm, I'm liking it. It's it's taking me a little bit to get used to. Mm-hmm. Um, uh, I could be biased because of the Royals... You know, yeah. branding on it. That's good. I, I was I was gonna go eight eight two on this one. Okay, I like it. I think you know, I think it's got a nice flavor to it. It's a good summertime beer. It's good. It's a good. I could see it as a good uh, baseball beer. You know, it just kind of has that vibe to it. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'd go at eight point two. But you know what? The thing about the whole crazy thing about this whole conversation, Glenn, is that it doesn't matter what we no. think at all. No. Neither of our opinion matters because we have this computer this proprietary mustache twist scale computer that we actually built uh with artificial intelligence machine learning blockchain Mm -hmm. bitcoin technology to uh assess and give an empirical rating to all beers it really breaks the beer down to its most pure level in the atoms, basically. Yeah, it really gets down to the neurons. It's like ancestry.com for beer. <laughs> yeah, it analyzes. Beercestry. At the very, yeah, the beercestry.com. Beercestry. That's another, yes, that's a way to say that. That domain's available. Um, Hold on a second here. So, uh, so Glenn, while you're looking that up, mm-hmm. I can tell you um, that the facts about this beer, uh, which I'm typing into the MTS computer terminal right now, uh, the... Price of the beer was eight ninety nine. The IBUs were twenty. The alcohol by volume was what? Five point what? Five point one. Five point one. Excuse me. Five point two. Five point two. 
very important to get correct. Yeah, I, I, I should know better. Um, and this is a Mexican-style lager. Yeah, it's different than other Mexicans. Like, you think of a uh, Modelo, mm-hmm. right? Or a... Uh, yeah, this definitely has a, it has a, a real punch to it. Count, right? yeah. Kroger doesn't count, right? Kroger doesn't count, because it's no. its own thing, yeah. but... Yeah, this is not... It's not really like a Mexican-style lager. It's not a lager. I shouldn't have... It's just a Mexican-style... No, it says Mexican-style yeah. lager on it. Yeah. yeah, it's more like a Mexican-style ale. Okay. Is really... Well, I mean, yeah, that's, that, that's how like. we... Yeah, right. right. Yeah. Okay. Well, it's good that I typed that into the, yeah. the, the NTS computer because uh, the machine learning will pick up on that. Right, um, right. Anyway, Glenn, I so I can hear that the, the mustache twist scale computer yeah. has uh, completed its uh, algorithmic journey. And I'm going to step away from the mic while I go get this printout, and then I will read the results of it. Okay. So that we know what the empirical, infallible okay. scale, uh, mustache with scale score for uh, the Vamoose by Volvard is. One sec. I'll be, I'll be right back. I'm just going to step over here to get this uh, printout real quick. And then, uh, if I can just grab this and uh, put this thing out of the way, and then uh, move this thing over here, and uh, grab this thing, and... Yep, I got the. Oh, you got yeah. that one. Okay. Yeah, this, let me, uh, this is. Yeah, okay. What is this? This is a blueprint or something? Yeah. Okay. <sighs> okay. Uh, well, okay. So I, I got. I've, I have the printout right here. The the uh, bound book that uh, the mustache with scale computer outputted for me. I'm gonna save you all the details. Uh, I'm just gonna try to flip to the part where the score <laughs> is for the uh, for this Boulevard Vamoose. Uh And uh, on page 178, um, it turns out that. Sorry, I'm going to catch my breath here. <laughs> On page 178, it turns out <laughs> that the mustache twist scale computer actually gave the Vamoose an 8.4. Wow. That's a good, that's a solid rating so, for very solid beer. Yeah, I would say so. Well that's, done, Boulevard. Well, well done, Boulevard. I think that's a that's a very a very solidly rated beer. Respectable. Respectable in, in most ways. Uh, so anyway, Glenn. Okay, well, uh, what are some uh, interesting posts to gentleman.com in the last two weeks or so, Glenn? Well, Brian, I'm glad you asked. We had a lot of fantastic content posted to the website. Again, our members continually amaze with the breadth and the depth of quality. Yeah. And interestingness. Yeah. Anyway, batting lead off. Zombie Cat Bacon has an excellent post titled, Aaron Franklin Built the Best Barbecue Joint in America by Giving a Damn. Mm-hmm. It's an Esquire piece, which, if you don't, if you've never heard of Aaron Franklin, he is the proprietor of a site called Gentleman. No, he's a site. It's <laughs> proprietor. He's a co-founder he's a of co- Gentleman.com. <laughs> We've yet to tell him. Yeah. Uh, no, he founded Franklin's Barbecue in Austin, Texas, and <clears throat> he has a PBS uh, show about barbecue. Mm-hmm. I, I, don't, I don't know if it's still on. It was just a one-season kind yeah. of thing where he ran through some stuff, but. Um, and he is the only James Beard winning chef, barbecue chef. Like mm-hmm. they just they just don't do that for barbecue, but except they made an exception for him. So right. he he knows barbecue, mm-hmm. and people wait outside of his store hours and hours and hours every day just mm-hmm. to get some of this famous barbecue, mainly the brisket. Mm-hmm. And anyway, this article in Esquire is really interesting because it talks about how. Aaron Franklin doesn't really 
he never really set out to make a huge barbecue chain, right? Mm-hmm. right. He doesn't really care about the chain. He reminds me a lot of the Sriracha guy. Yep. Um, that we we featured a couple podcasts ago. Mm-hmm. In that he just wanted to make really good barbecue, and he loved making barbecue, and he loved mm-hmm. making it for people. Mm-hmm. And so the writer is talking about when you go to his store, uh, Franklin goes out and like talks to everybody who's eating in his diner. He goes out to the lines of people who are, you know, waiting outside and, and talks to them and makes them feel at home. And and so when you think of a James Beard winning chef, he he really doesn't follow that trait. He really is more. Um, he really just cares about people and what he's making, mm-hmm. and he's highly obsessed with it too. And the mm-hmm. details that go into that. So, yeah. uh, one of the anecdotes is the the writer was um, watching people go through the line, and Franklin comes up and says, "He looks at well." First, he says, "You know, I don't really eat barbecue anymore," <laughs> um, yeah. and it totally blows the writer's mind. But if yeah. you think about it, I've I've smoked a few briskets in my day. I mean, literally just a few. And each time, I'm almost sick afterwards because of all the smoke, and you just yeah. get so wrapped up in it. Yeah. And it really makes me physically sick sometimes. Yeah. And so he talks about how he doesn't need it anymore. But he was talk- but, but Franklin goes on to say he can look at a plate, uh, a platter that they've served up, and he can tell you exactly how each piece will taste, mm-hmm. what's wrong with it, if there's something wrong with it, and mm-hmm. how they can make it better. Right. And it's pretty amazing. Anyway, yeah. it's a great read. Um, yeah. I'm not doing it justice because it's a little bit longer than that, but... Um, it goes on to talk about the history of the store and and uh, just how he kind of got it started. So it's a great read. Yeah, I, I thought it was a really uh, – this is something – I'm going to link this up on podcast.gentleman.com. And this is something people should go out there and read. This is seriously a really good um, deep dive into somebody's head that creates something that's really a hit with people. Uh, because he's so focused on the details, he really – all he cares about is working on every part of it and making it as good as it can possibly be Yeah, in every respect. Breaking it down into small details and improving every single little part of it. And um, here's the part from the article that really resonated with me the most. Is that This article goes on. It's a, it's, it's a long article. Yeah. This guy describes what he, he how he interprets uh, Aaron, Aaron Franklin and, <clears throat> and his mission and what he's doing and everything like that at the very end of the article has this one paragraph and it says Aaron Franklin Franklin explains it differently he says just care all you've got to do is care care about the people you're around care about the place you're working at care about whatever your craft is just care and be thoughtful and I think that really resonates with me a lot mm-hmm. because I've often thought about when I've you know done different things in my life one of the things you know has been doing job interviews going off there and do a job interview when you're doing job interviews you start to think about what 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 question are you going to get asked you know you get thrown a lot of weird questions in job yeah. interviews and the one question that I've never heard not once has anybody ever asked me this but it should be something that somebody asks and that is why should we hire you no one's ever yeah. asked me why should why should we hire you? No hmm. one's ever asked me that question the entire yeah. time. Um, but if they did, I, I I'm looking forward to having somebody answer that <laughs> or ask me that question because if it ever comes up and they honestly do ask me why they should hire me, that's exactly what I would gonna would would say. I would say the difference between me and somebody else that's going to be sitting in this chair is that I'm really going to care. Yeah. 
about this yeah. place. I'm going to care about this job. I'm really going to care in a way that's going to make a difference. And that's all anything comes down to. It's just if you really care about something and you really care about it, really in your heart. Yeah. You know, that's what makes a difference between something great, whether it's barbecue or a job or anything that you do in your life. If you really care about it, I think it, it can make a big, big, big difference. And even in something like uh, when you're eating brisket, you can figure out that somebody oh. really cares, you know? I, it's a powerful thing. It really is. Um, you know, it's, to him, it's all about the details. And that's yep. part of caring, right? Like that's, yeah. you know... When caring stop, about the details. I mean, it's caring about the details. Caring. Yeah, yeah. When you stop caring, you don't care about the details. You just want to get it done. That's right. You know? And so, uh, so yeah, I, I, I think this is a great read. And especially because he basically started out from just welding together smokers on his own. And, and, and this is a great backstory because he, he the first time he did barbecue, he made an Ask Jeeves search. <laughs> the butler. Like 15 years ago about barbecue, yeah. and that was his first barbecue. And then since then, he's just slowly, incrementally gotten better based on caring about it and just fine-tuning the details and just moving on down the road. And now he's got the most successful barbecue restaurant in Austin, um, television shows, books. Yep. Uh, you, you, know. you bought me his book yeah. for, my, uh, my, for Christmas one year. So it's, it's a really cool... Really cool story. He's also got a welding shop, and apparently he builds houses on the side just for fun. Yeah. 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 Because he's got all this part time. So anyway, uh, modern day renaissance man, uh, Aaron Franklin. But uh, yeah, check out podcast.genuine.com, and I will link this this article up. This is a must read. Everybody should go read this article. It's really <laughs> cool. Uh, even if you don't know who Aaron Franklin is. Um, you will. You, you'll, you, should, you should appreciate it. It's really cool. Uh, okay, Glenn. Up next, we have this article, and it's titled Million Dollar Strads. Fall to Modern Violins in Blind Soundcheck. It's a really in- interesting article. Um, and this is posted by, I don't know if we've talked about this guy before. Or guy or girl, I don't know. Uh, Melted Raccoon. It's a compelling username. I, 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 that when I saw the username, I was hooked. I, I don't know, this person could probably post anything and I would be sucked in by it because uh, Melted Raccoon is one heck of a username. It is. Sounds like somebody who could be, you know, awesome or a psychopath. Exactly. You just, or both. You just, well, that's An awesome true. psychopath. That. Uh, it, but that's neither here nor there. But this thing that they posted <laughs> is great. Uh, this is a story all about, okay, so uh, violins. I, I have a cursory knowledge of, of old-timey string instruments, right? Right, like, I right. don't know very much about them. I know a little bit about them, but not very much. I do know the name Stradivarius. Yes. Stradivarius is like a legendary builder of acoustic instruments and uh, particularly violins. And they're known to fetch millions of dollars uh, for a a really well-sounding constructed Stradivarius because they're 500 years old or 400 years old. And they are works of art. They are absolutely... uh, Stradivarius was basically the Aaron Franklin of... Uh, violins is is what it comes down to. (laughs) He had perfected his art and that was building violins. So, but the the problem with that is that modern day Stradivariuses can sell for up to $16 million. $16 million. So modern day, you mean violins? No, I mean, in modern times, when you buy a Stradivarius, it can, it can fetch up to $16 million. Uh, There's a limited number of these. There's a limited numbers of them. They're very well sought after. So $16 million would cost you to get a Stradivarius. On the other hand, you could go buy a, a modern day constructed with, with new methods, 
you know, uh, very well constructed, all this yeah. stuff. Uh, Computer machine. And the most expensive one is $130,000 yeah. or something like that. So there's a huge gap between... Right. Multiple. You know, yeah, between uh, between those things. A lot of zeros. Yeah. And so the question is, though, is the Stradivarius really that much better? And so this, this article is all about how a group has been working to try to figure that out. And they have done a study where they take... Um, they basically do two, they do two tests. They 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 test listeners and they test the players of the violins. A double blind, a double and a double blind test, and they they mix everything up and they put goggles on the violin players so they can't discern if it's a newer violin or a Stradivarius. And they basically give them very nice modern constructed violins and they give them Stradivariuses mixed in there and they say like you know give us your ratings on what you think is is the best violin from a player and and for the audience and the answer overwhelmingly is the modern violin that wasn't created by Stradivarius uh yet the Stradivarius still commands such a huge huge price premium on top of these uh so it's just an interesting study I've often thought about this with guitars there's the yeah. same phenomenon going on with guitars Martin guitars, uh, Martin guitars pre-world war ii are seen as the Stradivarius of acoustic guitars yeah. uh 1950s uh Fender Stratocasters are yeah. thought of as the you know the coolest uh, solid body electric guitars you can get, but do mm-hmm. they sound any different than the newer ones? Probably not, you know. So, um, but the article does make a good point that it, you know with these instruments, it's not just about how they sound or how right. they play; it's also the collectability of them, the, the name, the perception, all those things. But finally, they have a little bit of scientific data to say that you could just go buy a thirty thousand dollar violin and save yourself. Fifteen million dollars, if you wanted to. <laughs> Why, you know, fifteen million saved is fifteen million earned. That's right? what they say. That's what I always say. Yeah, um, yeah. I, 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 it's one. This is one of those articles where you read it and you're like, oh, this, this is interesting, but it's not surprising. Yeah. Because if you think of all the modern technological yep. advances, I mean, they were saying that Stradivarius, you know, they people can't figure out why his violin sounds so good. Is it because the wood is aged? Is it the varnish that he used? Mm-hmm. And basically, this more or less debunks all that and yeah. says you think it sounds good because you, you know th- you th- you know it's a stradivarius yeah. mm-hmm. and it's tainting your yeah your your perception well right. not tainting it's just changing yeah. it and um yeah this is this is interesting mm-hmm. but so much so much in our world is about perception yeah you know right yeah uh, well anyway. i know about you know the 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 fender solid bodies that i was talking about yeah earlier you know those those 50 stratocasters can get Hundred thousand, hundred fifty thousand dollars to buy one of them, and uh, I actually once talked to a guy that worked on the most expensive solid body electric guitars, and he said, you know, don't ever buy an electric guitar for over a thousand bucks because they're all exactly the same. He's like, when you look at those, they have videos of them producing those nineteen fifty Stratocasters that are really sought after right now. Yeah, he's he's they were just slapping them together. They were just. <laughs> You know, bolting them together, <sighs> ratcheting them up, and throw them out the door. You know, and that's that's how they they weren't putting any time and effort into crafting them any differently mm-hmm. than they do now. In fact, you'd probably argue that they're crafted better now than they were back in the you day. You have machines because you have machines, you have precision, <laughs> you have things that you didn't have before. Uh, and so he he was he's basically saying, you know, I've worked on tons of these things that are worth, you know, t- fifty thousand, sixty thousand, a hundred thousand dollars, and. There's no difference between the ones that they were making at that time and the ones you can get today. So, 
they're not going to sound any different. They're not. Gonna, I mean, you're just going to know. You're just going to know collectible guitar. And you can't. I don't know. How 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 do you how do you actually play a sixteen million dollar violin? I mean, how do you very you carefully? Good? Yeah, I mean, like <laughs> puckered puckered up. That's how. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, I know it's true. Yeah. I mean, I guess you got to put it in a case or something, basically, and not, not play Wear it. gloves. Yeah. Anyway, okay, well, so the point is, I know there's some people out there that were thinking about buying a Stradivarius. Right. We say maybe... Please, please maybe stop. consider. Maybe consider a, the, a, a modern $100,000. Only only spend one that costs, you know, a small house. Right, yeah. Yeah. Well, Brian, we have another attack that we're going to be featuring tonight um, from one of our most... Uh, prominent members do tattoo oh yes do tattoo mm-hmm. has posted a doozy of attack and it'll it'll get you thinking it'll get you thinking about you know this really got me contemplating a lot of things very, about my life yeah existential you know uh well anyway let me just get right into it it's titled woman discovers via ancestry.com that her biological father was her parents fertility doctor <laughs> lawsuit says oh. so let's dive into this let's unpack this yeah um there's a 36-year-old woman who, you know, wanted to know a little bit about her lineage, her heritage. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Sent uh, some DNA to Ancestry.com. Makes sense. Uh, and found out that uh, <clears throat> her father is the actual fertility doctor at the clinic that her parents went to in the in the early 80s. Mm-hmm. And uh, the, the, the article goes on to say that, uh, she, <laughs> that she's going to sue this doctor because um, at the time, uh, the doctor... Um, knew that that was his actual daughter, but the, her, her parents, her biological, well, <laughs> so it gets tricky. Her, not, her, her not birth, bi- par- her, her parent, her, how do you, how do you, uh, her parents, her, 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 her well, in a generic sense, I mean, yeah, they, they yeah, brought yeah. her up. People, the people that raised her, yep. um, went to this doctor and said, and, 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 and he was a fertility doctor and he said, you know what, guys, I got it covered. I know, just a specimen for you. Uh, you know, he's tall, dark, and handsome. Right. Smart as Real attack. go-getter. Real go-getter. Yeah. Uh, and uh, anyway... Um, they made a, 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 a cocktail. A, a cocktail. <laughs> Sperm cocktail. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Things that I thought I'd never say. I know, I never thought it, of, but they, they try to mix it up a little bit, you know? Right. He actually said that he was going to use... Hold on, let me find the proper... 85%. Uh, yes. 85% of the father... And uh, right. a lowly fifteen percent of this uh, go getter. Right, but in the in the actual mix, it was uh, <laughs> more like one hundred zero one hundred point zero 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 percent. The doctor ninety nine to one zero point zero zero percent. The father. Uh, yeah. So this so, is this yeah, is interesting. Very controversial. Man, DNA um, testing things that you wouldn't. I mean. You think this guy thinks that in 15 years? No, no, no. 36 years, he's gonna. Yep. He's gonna ever. No one will ever know about right. this. You know. I'm just wondering what the doctor was. What his motivations were? Did he just want to have more people like him around? Or I mean, that's a, that's a, that's like the ultimate arrogance. Well, well, think about it this way, Brian. Don't don't they pay? Or maybe maybe they were short. Maybe they're short on donations. <laughs> that much. looks like I'm working overtime. <laughs> It's been hell at the office this week. 
so but okay so. But, 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 but don't don't yeah. you get i don't know i've not done this the thing, aren't nah, you yeah. aren't you uh competent are you compensated? i don't I, I don't know. I guess I always assume that you're compensated if you make a donation to the <laughs> I think, bank. I think right? that that's the implication. Okay, yes. so maybe he's just you know pocketing the the proceeds, double dipping. Well, that's one way to yeah. put it. There's going to be some interesting things that are going to come out Depend of this. Pen in the company ink, uh, ancestry.com stuff. I've already heard. I, I've heard I, somebody told me a story about how you can when you when you. Your DNA, yep. the idea is that it gets analyzed uh, for stuff. Like you're supposed to find out if you're uh, pre pre if you have pre existing yeah. tendencies toward things and yeah, yeah. and your your genealogy and all this yeah, stuff. Like, yeah, yeah. You know, you're supposed to find out more about yourself. Well, there's this weird box when you're going. You submit your DNA results and then you're filling out the forms online. Right, they've got your DNA. <laughs> And then there's this weird box at the very end, and they're like, "Would you like to share res- your results with other people that have already done this DNA oh, test?" Oh yeah, didn't we talk about this on the podcast? We might have. Okay. And you can choose to share it or not. And the implication is that if you share it, you're, you're not your anonymity will be protected, but you can find out more stuff if you share your 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 data with other people that have shared their data. So. This person that I know clicked the box, share my data, and let me know what happened. And it turned out that legitimately she had a family member that she didn't know existed huh. by checking a box on a form. Huh. You know? And she confirmed this by talking to her relatives. <laughs> you know? So I don't know. It's pretty wild. There's some there's some wild stories out there that are gonna get unearthed by this whole thing. I saw another link where, you know, you know, <laughs> Ancestry.com, if you know what I'm picking up. If yeah. you want to put them down right. here, Brian. Yeah. People finding out that, you know, maybe mom and dad weren't oh. mom and dad. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah, at some point. Or, you know, just mm. things of that nature. The, yeah. the underbelly of these, uh, you know. Yeah, it really begs the question of what do you really want to know? Right. Ignorance maybe is sometimes let bliss. Let sleeping dogs lie. That's right. Is what they say. Let Dr. Bornover have his day in the sun, all right? <laughs> his day at the... <laughs> The day at the bank. <laughs> Mr. Uh, filling out the deposit slip. Right. right. Oh, boy. Okay, well, we I think we got off in the weeds on that Take one. Take the um, checks and face the facts. Yeah, exactly. Well, okay, well, anyway, uh, the point is don't go to Ancestry.com. Don't, don't do it. Just don't do it. Just leave it alone. I, I don't need to know. I'm fine. Or I'm, sperm bank. Blissful ignorance is my policy normally. I can't so, spell blissful ignorance without bliss. That's right. I feel good about that. I'm feeling really really solid about it right now especially um but anyway glenn okay well uh that means it's time for the uh, gentleman toast this week yes and uh this this week glenn it's a very special toast mm. I, I i'm i'm excited about this this is really good for this dude i i'm i'm really pleased to read a story like this and this toast goes out to a young man named andre ingram <laughs> Andre Ingram is 32 years old, 32 years young, uh, and he has been a journeyman in the G League in the NBA for 10 years. For 10 years, he's been working away Grinding. in the G League, trying to make the league. <laughs> and um, 
Most, most guys, you know, the G League doesn't pay a lot of money. I don't know how much they pay. It's not a lot of money. You have to love basketball. It's to, somewhere in the 20s to 30,000. It, it's a very low-paying job. Yep. You have to love basketball to not give that up and go try to do something else. And this guy stuck with it. He's got gray hair. He, he, he's looking pretty rugged, you know. Yeah. Uh, but he's been playing basketball professionally in the lower league, taking buses to games, you know. All you know, they don't get all the perks. They don't get all the stuff that everybody else gets. They, it's a very, you know, tough thing to do. And he and he's made it ten years, and two games left in the season. The Los Angeles Lakers called up Mr. Ingram and said that he's going to play in the league. And so he he was doing an exit interview for his G League team, thinking that would be, you know, the end of the end of the season. He's doing his you know last part of it, but as a you know, as a surprise, he gets called up to the NBA, actually, because one thing about Mr. Ingram, he shoots 47.5% from three-point line. <laughs> and that's not just, like, 20. That's, like, hundreds. He's uh, the all-time G League leader in three-point made uh, at 731, I believe, in, in 10 years. Uh, or 713 in over 10 years. But 47.5% is pretty darn good. And I think a, a lot of NBA teams could use a near fifty percenter from three on their team. I mean, that's that's like a somewhat respectable anywhere on the floor shooting percentage. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if you make really? half your shots, yeah. I mean, you're doing all right. Well, I mean, <clears throat> half from three, forty-two percent is pretty damn high. Yeah, for, for a three-point percentage. So forty-eight. I mean, that's that's pretty smooth right Dude, there. Yeah. I, so I saw the video of this. Mm-hmm. And it was pretty cool because they had Magic Johnson in the room. Oh, yeah. And so he goes in for the second interview and he's like, all right, this is really, they're really taking this serious, like, you know, <laughs> in the G League, you know, you got Magic Johnson here. And then they start to tell him, hey, actually, we're not calling you here for an exit interview. We need you for two more games. And he was, he's super, he's like, I knew you were in the room for another reason. <laughs> and, uh, but it's pretty cool because uh, towards the end of this video that I, I saw, he, I think it was ESPN or something mm-hmm. like that. It, um, Ingram says, uh, "Look, I know it's just two games, but I'm gonna give it my hundred percent." Something, some, I'm paraphrasing here. Something like, "I'm gonna give it my hundred percent for these last two games." And Magic Johnson goes, "Man, I just want the forty-eight <laughs> percent. <laughs> just give me the forty-eight. We're good." <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So anyway, uh, so I just think it's cool that the guy didn't give up over ten years. Mm-hmm. Kept grinding away at it. Probably not fun for 10 years, but then he finally got to make the NBA. And whether or not whatever happens after the two games, I mean, Mr. Ingram can always hold his head high and say he played in the league, and it's very difficult. That's right. This As is, we know, yeah. it's like lightning striking twice on That's somebody. Right. That's right. What are the odds, Brian? One in a... I can't remember the, I I can't remember the actual odds. It's not very many. There's only 500, right? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> 500. The 500 in the, the league, world. so... Yeah. Um... So yeah, another cool thing I just remembered about the the video is that he he calls his wife, you know, oh, yeah. while he's there, and he's like, "Hey, they uh, so they called me up," and you just hear this screaming over the phone. <laughs> She's going nuts. <laughs> it's great. That's awesome. Yeah, yeah. well deserved. Yeah, you like a guy like that. He's like a Rudy. He's yeah. like a modern day Rudy. Yeah, absolutely. Watch, he's gonna get. He's gonna make like five threes. Yeah, he's probably gonna nail it, and they're just gonna be like, oh. Well, we should have just had this guy playing for us the whole time. <laughs> Instead of, yeah, anyway. All right, well, cheers to Mr. Ingram. Congratulations, sir. To Mr. Ingram. Long live uh, your career in the NBA. Your short-lived career. 
The guy like that, though, you can tell he doesn't do it for money. Or, I mean, obviously. Yeah. Or he doesn't do it for fame. He just loves it. You can yeah. just tell he loves the game. Yeah, absolutely. Just, just how he was talking about his experiences so far. and everything. It's just really mm. cool. Yeah. Totally deserving, Brian. Yeah. All right, Glenn. Well, that means it's time for the... Um, A hot body topic. And uh, this week... Uh, there's some unfortunate news a couple weeks ago. Unfortunately, uh, it turns out that Toys R Us, the beacon of childhood retail experiences, mm. is falling on hard times. Mm-hmm. Uh, once again, falling victim to a little company that we've heard of once or twice before called Amazon. But the point is, uh, they've got a few hundred stores, retail stores in the country, and um, they just can't make it work anymore. Nope. Well, they filed for bankruptcy, and a maker of toys, and I've never heard of these things. I don't know what they are, but the toys are called Bratz and Little Tykes. <laughs> what? You've never had a Little Tyke? I've never had a Little Tyke or a Brat. Oh, okay. So, um, I've had a Brat, not not Bratz. They're delicious. Um, Bratz. Anyway, apparently these toys are sold... In Toys R Us, that's one of their biggest outlets of these of these these toys, and the maker of these toys or one of the one of the leaders of the this this company that makes these toys uh, stepped in and said, "You know what? I gotta I gotta take over this Toys R Us situation and make this thing work." So he decided to do what every red blooded person in America <laughs> toy mogul would do in this situation: create a GoFundMe. Yep. So he created a $1 billion GoFundMe to save Toys R Us. And uh, so that's what he did. He, uh, he, he says he has his ideas for how he thinks uh, Toys R Us can be, you know, saved. He needs some help. He needs a billion dollars to get this thing done. But once he does, he's, he's going he's gonna to close up a lot of the retail stores, but he's going to keep some of them. I think 150 of the 750 or something. So, yeah, 150 to 200 of the 700. Yeah. It's like a third. A third of them, and he's going to do something really special with them. That's what he says. He won't divulge what that is, but he says it's really special. Why so, should he? Exactly. So, Glenn, what do you think about... Uh, what, are your, what, are your, what are your thoughts on this? Well, Brian, I think this is a great idea. I feel that Toys R Us... Look... It's an institution. Yeah. Right? It's been around for a long time. It's been it's like around a for a long time. Or something. And I like the fact that, you know, why let some, you know, why let a board of, you know, muckety mucks, mm-hmm. you know, screw up again mm-hmm. an organization yeah. when you can have, you know, an entire internet full of muckety mucks. A hundred thousand of your closest muckety mucks. Right. Uh, donate to. I mean, they've already got yeah. $200 million. Now, granted, uh, Nearly two hundred million of that was fronted by the aforementioned Bratz mogul, um, yep. but and and some other investors. But yep. you know what, Brian? I think this is great. I think this is great to show the power of the internet. And you know, I, why, why wouldn't I think this is great, Brian? I, 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 <laughs> I would agree with you on that. It's good because having retail stores. Okay, let me let me put it this way. Let me put it this way. All right. Lawrence has Lawrence, Kansas, where me and Glenn live, mm. 
has a downtown separately. We live separately. We live separately. <laughs> <laughs> it's a lovely lot. I, it's not that far <laughs> separate, but it's a couple blocks away. But um, the town that we live in has a downtown, and that downtown has a store called the Toy Store. Yes, the Toy Store. The that's the Toy Store. I went there last week, and let me tell you something about this place. Kids love it. Yeah, you know you can't. That's it's it. They have a huge uh, window display that's yes. meant to torture parents yep. as kids are walking by yep. uh, because their kids want to go in there. It's a toy store. It's the Gimbals of Lawrence. Yeah, it's 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 fantastic. It's great. It's fantastic, and uh, you know, to a lot of kids, that's what Toys R Us represents. Yeah, you know what I mean. But let me tell you why that's a bad thing. <laughs> oh, okay, okay. I don't like kids. No, I'm just kidding. I love kids. I love kids. I love kids. I, I think it's great that they have they have a Toys R Us and everything like that. But, you know, if Toys R Us is going to fail, if Toys R Us is going to fall apart, it needs to fall apart and it needs to be destroyed and then something else needs to rise. So that a phoenix can rise from its ashes. From its a- yeah. Because there's going to be something that will come from this. And maybe it's this. I don't know if it is. Maybe it's this. I'm not sure. But uh, Toys R Us only needs to be saved if it's worth saving. And maybe, you know, maybe if Toys R Us is out of the picture, the the toy store, which is a small local-owned place in Lawrence, Kansas that we have, maybe, you know, Des Moines, Iowa gets their own local toy store that Mm. is Mm -hmm. owned by somebody and, you know... It's a local place, and it's just that's the place where you go to to buy toys at. Um, so maybe maybe that gets back to smaller town kind of uh, previous way of doing things. Maybe maybe everybody gets their own toy store, and it's not some big conglomerate. And uh, you know, the, there's more local toy stores than there used to be around. You know, I do miss the 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 local. You have the one local toy store. You have the department store. You have the. Yep music store that you can go to do miss that a little bit so yeah i i can i can see that point Ryan. yeah i uh i think i went into a toys r us once when i was a kid hmm. and my parents i mean we, it was like an hour drive and my parents hmm. went there for something i can't remember what that's and, a bad idea and they went there and i remember them going i actually you know what i think it was we were in the area for whatever reason my mom was like oh let's go to toys r us and my dad's like eh. All right. Maybe and that's we, the worst idea you've ever had. Yeah, and and we get there, and you you know, when you have kids and you go to a massive toy store, mm-hmm. you can't walk out of there with nothing. Right. And so my brother and I each got like a toy. I remember his little handheld gaming device, like an eight bit <laughs> like baseball game. It was pretty awesome. Two buttons. Yeah. Swing and run. Yeah. And uh, anyway, I remember leaving, and I remember, and I still remember the look on my parents' face, and they're just like, <laughs> never, never again. again. Never we got forget. Never forget. Yeah. <laughs> And we we never went back. Well, yeah, yeah. I see. I could I could see that point. You know, maybe this guy's got it all figured out. Maybe he's got a got a plan. Um, it seems odd to me. It's tied with GoFundMe. This seems like a very ambitious thing. A billion dollars. I go. How much is GoFundMe going to make off a billion dollars? I don't know. And it's the thing is that he pledged two hundred million. Yeah. Like, is he thinking that he's going to get like two billion dollars? I don't know. Like, it's uh, I don't know. Hold on. Let's see what you can you can get if you if you match the biggest uh... twenty five thousand dollars. What do you get for twenty five thousand right, dollars? Here's what you get, Ryan: a Save Toys R Us sticker pin magnet. I'll always be a Toys R Us kid shirt. 
a local t- Toys R Us party, and a tour of Little Tyke's factory. For $25,000? Yeah, but hang on. Uh, get this If you donate $50,000, so double that, $50,000, mm-hmm. you get um, the same thing. Do you think it's like a, an American apparel tee? Or do you think it's like... <laughs> yeah, is that organic cotton? Or uh, what are we dealing with here? Like Hopefully it's not a Gildan. Tea? Hopefully it's not a Gildan. Gildan. Oh. For, for $25,000. Probably is. It might be. Oh. Yeah. The itchy tag. Maybe that's what the 50000 yeah. The 50000 is yeah, American get apparel. The, get the American apparel. Yeah. V-neck. Yeah. <laughs> Real classy. Yeah. Um, okay. Well... Yeah, it's interesting. Uh, all these retail businesses are seem to, you know, having some problems now. It's tough. It's a tough retail world when uh, when you've got uh, everything you want at your fingertips. Yes, you, you could order you could order whatever you want online. So it's tough to to have retail business out there today. Wow, Brian, I, I missed some of these. Uh, here, they they reached they list the goals all the way up to ten million dollar pledges. Uh, like I said, a shirt, magnet, you get to go to the opening, the reopening block party, a signed thank you letter from Isaac Larian, CEO of MGA Entertainment and the guy who started the GoFundMe. Mm, that's nice. Um, and a kid CEO of the day experience, including a trip to the Southern California theme park, travel accommodations, and toy store dedication naming rights for the location of the, your choice in and toys for life. All right, now we're talking. Toys for Life. I think for ten million dollars, you could probably you could probably uh, do the Toys for Life anyway. Yeah, <laughs> set yourself up a Toy for Life. Yeah. Well, I was gonna spend this money, right. you know, on an investment, but I decided to do a GoFundMe. You're just create an endowment for your own toy fund. Yeah. Every year. Every year. Give me a million dollars. Yeah. For toys. Yeah. It's <laughs> a pretty good idea, actually. To spend at Toys R Us. Yeah. Uh, if they still exist. But yeah, we'll see. I, I don't know. It's it's interesting trying to save uh, retail stores. Uh, there's there's all kinds of stuff like this. You know, there's bookstore. People are worried about bookstores going away. Um, we're fortunate enough here in Lawrence that we have a local toy store. We have a, we still have a department store. We still have a bookstore, multiple bookstores. Yep. We still have a record store. Yeah. Um, it's like the place that time forgot. Yeah. It's basically like the 1950s over here. It really is. I'm going yeah. to a sock hop after this. Yeah. Get a malted. Yep. Um. Yeah, the the toy store in Lawrence is pretty awesome. Like we were there, I was with my brother and his his son and oh, uh-huh. yeah. um, and uh, sister, my sister in law. And they, while we were there, they had like a uh, um, a sing along with like some lady came in and sang all these songs with the kids. Mm-hmm. And you know they have all these you know events. I think that's the coolest part is all the events that they do. Yeah, yeah. Well, they have a huge book section. Too. Um, in addition to all the toys, they have a children's bookstore kind of thing going on. Where I get all my books. Yeah, I know. I still never yeah. really read anything other than the Hardy Boys. So right, Very Hungry Caterpillars. Yeah, taught me so Clifford much. the Big Red Dog uh, is another one of my favorites. I'll admit it. I read Nancy Drew. Yeah, yeah. Why not? Why? Hey. And yeah. I read the Hardy Boy and Nancy Drew series where they combine forces. That's yeah. Whew, man. Anyway, it's like the. It's like a. The you know you have the Avengers now mm-hmm. that was like the Avengers yeah that's yesterday. true yeah that's a good analogy yeah people so, I think young kids can you had to read to that. it yeah instead of getting CGI yeah. exactly right um, so anyway but yeah no I I think I think uh, Toys R Us we'll see we'll see what happens I'm not sure I I don't know sometimes these big retail companies they lose their way they forget to care like Eric right. Franklin 
Aaron and Franklin's, yeah. They become like just all about profits. And when that happens, what are you going to do? You don't have anything to, to hang your hat on. And uh, when online stuff comes around and you don't have a specialty. That's right. You have no hooks. You have you no have, hooks. You have, you have yeah. nothing uh, calling back to the customer. That's right. No memories. No tactile experiences. Yep. So anyway, Toys R Us, we'll see what happens. The GoFundMe launched today. Only made about fifty-eight thousand dollars outside of the two hundred million that was already invested. <laughs> so can't, can't you just invest the two hundred million in the stock market for like a month and see what happens? And then <laughs> I feel like a billion dollars is a lot to buy the the entire thing. That seems like a lot of money. I don't. I don't know. Well, anyway, Glenn. Well, we'll see what happens. We will. This is one of the many things that we'll report back on. Actually, sorry, the, the GoFundMe thing actually probably complicates things because then you're like, well, all these people donated, but it doesn't matter. Anyway, sorry. Yeah, I don't know. Right. It's tough. I'm dragging this out longer than yeah. it needs to be. <laughs> so you're for mm-hmm. Toys R Us. I am pro Toys R Us, and I'm obviously. A, I'm against Toys R Us. Yeah? I think they're terrible. Yep. You don't like kids? I don't, I don't like fun things. I gotta say, I don't like. I would like not like toys. going to Toys R Us. Yeah, because um, yeah. I have children, and they will just want everything in the store. But I, I do love Chuck E. Cheese. So isn't that going Title Nine? Title Nine, chapter chapter twelve, Title Nine, chapter twelve. Yes, I think yeah, something like that. Uh, Chuck E. Cheese. I don't know. Maybe, maybe I need. Maybe st- I need. Yes, to, I need to step in and take control of Chuck E. Go Cheese. Go fund me. Go fund me. I'll I'll put in twenty bucks and then I'll start yeah. this thing off. I'll I'll and then I'll toss in a fiver. I'll take Let's over. See where this thing goes. I'll take over for Chuck E. Cheese. What are you going to pledge, Brian? Are you going to pledge to fix the animatronics so their heads let don't me, fall let off me, anymore? Let me tell you what I'm going to pledge, Glenn. I'm going to care about <laughs> Chuck E. Cheese. I'm going to I'm going to care so much about about the animatronics. <laughs> I'm gonna care about the pizza, <laughs> and those kids are gonna have a great experience when they come to Chuck E. Cheese, and I'm gonna make sure of it. I think you should start with the pizza part. I'll put the I'll put the Chuck E. Cheese outfit on, and That's I'll right. go meet the kids personally. I'll personally welcome them, the line of kids, in the Chuck E. Cheese. Yes, myself. I- at every Chuck E. Cheese, at the same time. Whatever it takes. Whatever it takes. I love Chuck E. Cheese. That's it. Uh, show. It used to be Showbiz Pizza. That was my. Yeah, it did. That was my go-to. Um, okay, Glenn. Well, uh, that that's gonna have to be saved for another episode. My extensive plans for the revitalization of Chuck E. Cheese, because we have the last segment of the Gentleman Podcast to talk about, which is the questions from the Gentleman Mailbag. And this week, Glenn, um, in the news, uh, Facebook continues to dom- dominate headlines. Yep. In. National news that uh, Mark Zuckerberg um, is going to to testify in front of Congress. He did <laughs> he uh, earlier in the week in front of Congress <laughs> about Facebook. He's testifying at Congress <laughs> as we speak. <laughs> We're reporting live Facebook. from Congress. So, Glenn, uh, the question is: How comfortable would you feel testifying before conference? Congress? <laughs> how comfortable would you be? Testifying before Congress about gentlemen. Well, Brian, unlike Mark Zuckerberg, actually, you know what? Honestly, honestly, I don't think I would do very well. 
I'm not. Um, I'm more of an off the cuff kind of guy. Right. Right. You know. Do it. If somebody's on the day, grilling me. I'd probably kinda, be like, "Whoa!" Uh, right. Kind of break down. You might be like. I'd be yeah, like, we we did everything you said we did. I don't know. I'd be like Chuck in the Goonies when he gets caught by <laughs> yeah. the... When I was in first grade, I, I, I stole the popsicles and I ate all of them. Yeah. I made... I was sitting at the top of the balcony of the movie theater. I made a <laughs> noise and I threw fake vomit on everyone. That's true. I could see that. Yeah, yeah. I could see that. It wouldn't. Yeah. It wouldn't be. It wouldn't go so well. Right. I will tell you this, Brian. I am ironclad in my convictions that I think we haven't done anything wrong. That's right. So yeah, that we know of. Well, yes, that we know of. That we're aware of. To my knowledge, who's to say people around the website haven't done things? Yeah, the wrong way. I don't know. There'd be yeah. no way of knowing. Yeah. That's a good question. What about you, know. Brian? Are you? Are you, how would you feel about testifying? I, I feel uncomfortable. I actually, I'm I'm hoping we get subpoenaed <laughs> by the PR. U.S. government because I have something to say about this. Okay, we we don't we don't we don't sell anybody's information. Yes, to anyone. In fact, we do the opposite. Yep, we try to give Glenn and my personal information out. Yes, to these companies while losing money. We try to <laughs> we try to. I personally put my social security number and Glenn's social security number on gentlemen you, to to attempt to give our personal information well, away. When did you? How did you do that? And our bank accounts. Wow. Let's. I figure let's just let's give away all of our personal information. Open the kimono. You know, the user's inf- data is all safe, protected. Yes. It's all fine. But yep. you're and I well, like. I just want somebody to buy our personal information. Is what I'm trying. To... Nah, we're like the picked over. We tried to of, uh... we tried to contact Cambridge Analytica. Yeah. Please, we let's take like, a survey. We got, we Please, got, we got, we got two really good information sources here. <laughs> uh, we got social security numbers on two of these two users. Great data points. They're great. Yeah, they're great. So we try to we try to do the opposite thing at Gentleman actually, which is where we're not. We we actually protect everybody's data and we try to get rid of ours, and nobody wants our data. No, so it's you know, a sad day. Yeah, it's it's tough. Like, I, so I, I I'd be glad to go talk to Congress about um, about that. That we that we actually protect everybody's data and uh, we try to give our own away in a different business model. It's yes. like the double reverse Facebook, basically. <laughs> where right. we don't we don't yeah. really have any information to give. We don't have any. We we just just our own private. You know, our 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 uh, our, our photos. Mm-hmm. Our home movies, our social security numbers. Our that home movies? Up. Yeah. You know? Why not, I guess? Yeah. It's in the cloud, right? Yeah. Yeah. It's fine. It's fine. This, this reminds me of the uh, that Super Bowl ad that guy took out a few years ago. He owned the identity protection company, and he, he's like, here's my social security number. Yeah. Have right. fun. Good Go luck. For it. And Good luck. Did. Yeah. And they got it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <coughs> yeah. So anyway, I would no. I'd be glad to. I'd be glad to go talk to Congress. I'd be glad. I'd be glad to go um, match wits with Mark Zuckerberg. Actually. Oh my like to, gosh. I'd like to speak with this gentleman and talk to him about his uh, his uh, his efforts to make Facebook palatable, usable no. for the number of people that are on the site. And use it. 
It's a shame. The other day, uh, some friends of mine live out of the country. Mm-hmm. And they sent me a message on Facebook Messenger. And I couldn't... So I don't have the app. I don't have any Facebook apps on my phone anymore because I, I, they creep me out. Yeah. And so in order to, in order to look at this message, even though it's in Facebook, I could go to Facebook's website... It doesn't allow me to look at the messages from the mobile website. Really? So you have to go to a desktop computer. Really? Yeah. Interesting. They basically say, do you you want to open the app or do you want to download the app? Oh, okay. Here's your options. Gotcha. Yeah. So, and I just, I just, anybody who, anybody who forces you, anybody who forces their product on you to use it. Uh, I don't know how I'm wording this, but basically, that they yeah they force they're, themselves they're, on you. Yeah, basically. They're, they're, they're trying to yeah force you to to make a decision about how you use their stuff. Right. Oh, and by the way, they're gonna milk your data out of you while you yeah. use their stuff, and just so you can have like a, a digital high five from somebody. Right. <laughs> Uh, yeah. So anyway, okay. Well, so you you would testify, but spill your cookies about everything. I would spill my cookies. There aren't that many cookies to spill. Yeah. But there are a few. And then I would ask Congress some questions. <laughs> what do you right. do with my money? Hmm? Yeah, right. I seem to recall paid some taxes this year. Turn the, turn the <laughs> tables on them. That's right. Yeah. I think the people want to know. Yeah. Uh, what is the purpose of this hearing? Mm-hmm. Right. If you go to gentleman.com. Yeah. You, if you uh, would just listen to 133 <laughs> episodes of the Gentleman podcast, I think you could see... Our position's pretty clear here. Yeah, exactly. Mm-hmm. And I expect <laughs> that you will have an intern do that immediately, uh, and then we will uh, get sponsored by somebody because we'll have tons of people listening to the 133 episodes of the Joe Podcast. Yeah, yeah. Um, so anyway, okay. Well, okay, that's, I think that much is clear. Yes. I would be glad to testify and transparently say that we are... Um, we're on the up and up. We're on the up and up, 100% protectors of users' data. That's right. In contrast to most social networks. And we're actually trying to do the opposite. Right. Which is give my own personal data away. Yep. As much as possible. Yep. 133 episodes worth. And and my data. Yeah. 133 episodes worth of our personal data. It's all out there. Our thoughts, our fears. Yeah. Our, our, our hopes. Our yeah. Everything. It's, it's all, all out there. It's all out there. Machine learning could just make profiles of both of us by now. Hello, I am Brian. <laughs> I would like a new credit card. <laughs> Hand me that Telecaster. <laughs> uh, yes. So anyway, we're really putting ourselves out there, Glenn, and loving it. Every minute. Every minute of the day. Wow. Yeah. Wow, Brian. I know. Okay, well, uh, so that was episode number 134, Glenn. Um, made it through. Finally made it through number 134. That was a big milestone. We're trying to hit episode number 134. And we finally did that. We finally did it. Finally made it, yeah. We, when we set out to create this wonderful podcast, we yeah. didn't know the road would lead, but I know yeah. you and I were both like, you know. Around episode 134. We can get it to 133. 134. 134. 134. 134. It'll, be, it'll be good. It'll be good. Yeah. We're Smooth right. sailing. Yep. It'll be good. So. so we made it. We did it, man. We did it. Yeah, it's been a wrong road. But it, it has. Yeah. But we did it. We did it. Made it, made it to one episode 134. 200 hours of... <laughs> 200 hours. Yeah. Of uh, drinking beer and you know, talking into a tin can. That's right. Mm. Um, so anyway, a milestone for the podcast. That's great. Yeah. <laughs>
Um, one of the many. Anyway, uh, Glenn, uh, that's that's episode 134, and it's a wrap. I am Brian McKinney. I'm Glenn Sansbury. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. We'll see you guys in two weeks for episode number 135. Good night. Adios.